The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy and teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Have you ever wondered... Have you ever wondered why you don't do the things you want to do and sometimes struggle to do the things you shouldn't do? Have you ever wondered why you can make a decision consciously at a certain point, but when it comes point of decision that you seem to choose differently? Have you ever wondered why you do the things that you do? Have you ever said, that's just the way I am? It's just who I am. Just deal with it. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, I'm here to tell you that you can teach an old dog new tricks and quit calling yourself an old dog because you're better than that. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to go to the core. We're going to go to the foundation. We're going to remember. You know, the greatest commandment in the Bible, and by commandment, I mean that thing which God says most repetitiously. And I've never done the study, but I eat scripture, so I feel pretty safe saying this, is number one, the greatest command that our daddy, Abba, gives us is to remember. I used to say that leaders remember, but now I say it properly, leaders remember the right things. And the second thing he tells us most often is do not fear. And so today, I want to encourage you to remember Do not fear. You see, Robert Fulgham wrote a book years ago, decades ago, I should say. All I really needed to know I learned in kindergarten. And that's a powerful concept because think about all we learned when we were young and now it's been stuffed in the unconscious and consciously, we might not remember much of it at all. All we really need to know we learned in kindergarten, we just forgot. So as leaders, we need to remember, to remind, to recollect. So let's take a deep breath in through the nose and slowly exhale through the mouth. And now, story time with Mr. Black. All we really need to know about how to live and what to do and how to be, we learned in kindergarten. Wisdom was not at the top of the graduate school mountain, but there in the sandpile at Sunday school. These are the things I learned. Play fair, share everything. Don't hit people. Put things back where you found them. Clean up your own mess. Don't take things that aren't yours. Say you're sorry when you hurt somebody. Wash your hands before you eat. Flush the toilet after going to the bathroom. Warm cookies and cold milk are good for you. Live a balanced life. Learn some and think some and draw and paint. 
and, and sing and dance some and play and work some. Ah, take a nap every afternoon, yeah. When you go out into the world, watch out for traffic. Hold hands, stick together. Be aware of wonder. Remember the little seed in the styrofoam cup? The roots go down and the plant goes up and nobody really knows how or why. And we are all like that little seed in the styrofoam cup. Goldfish and hamsters and white mice and even the little seed in the styrofoam cup. They all die. So do we. And then remember, ah, uh, in Jane books. And remember the first word you learned, the biggest word of all? Remember it? That four-letter word, L-O-O-K. Look. Everything you need to know is in there somewhere. The golden rule and love and basic sanitation, ecology and biology and theology and politics, equality and equity, sane living. Take any of those items and extrapolate that into something sophisticated, into these sophisticated adult terms and apply it to your family life or your work life or your government life or your world. And it holds true today like it did back then, clear and firm. What a better world it would be if all, the whole world, had cookies and milk about 3 o'clock every afternoon and then lay down with our blankies and our stuffy for a nap. Or imagine if all governments had a basic policy to always put things back where they found them and to clean up after their own mess. And it's still true. No matter how old you are, when you go out in the world, it is best to hold hands and stick together. See, today on Like It Matters Radio, I want to talk about the value of youth. There's an old saying that says youth is wasted on the young. And if you're young right now, you're probably scratching your head, shaking your head, but my producer and I, we're laughing <laughs> because we know exactly what that means. I'm 57 years old, and I know it to be true that youth is wasted on the young. Amen. In other words, to have the knowledge, the wisdom of our elder self, and pair that with the vitality, the life, the body, and the mind, the hopes and dreams of our young self, we must realize that a life of purpose Nothing is wasted. It's Romans 8, 28. For our God causes all things to work for the good, for those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. See, just like God, when we live like it matters, when we live a life of purpose, the good, the bad, the right, the wrong, it all has value. You see, the importance of youth is that we create our understanding of the world. The importance of youth 
is we create our map of reality. And that, that map of reality is what we treat as the truth. And we respond accordingly. You see, nobody responds to reality. We respond to our belief about reality. If someone says they love you, but you know in your heart that there's no possible way they could love you, are you loved? The answer is no. Would you give your life for a lie? Let's be honest. Most people won't give it for the truth. Everything we do or do not do is driven by our belief systems. Our belief systems dictate everything we do or do not do. And I know you've wondered, like I've wondered, why do I do what I do? Why do I have those habits? Why do I have those tendencies? Why do I have that stinking thinking that creeps up into our mind? And today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to go back to the beginning. Because in the beginning, God created. And I always tell people, stop right there, because our first introduction to God is as creator. And then you drop down 25 verses, and the good book says this, let us make man in our image, under our likeness. What are you creating? Because we were made to create. Your thoughts create beliefs. Those beliefs create actions. Those actions over time become your character and it becomes what people say about you when you're in a box at the front of the room and everybody's around telling everybody how great you were. Today on Like It Matters Radio, it's time to get real. It's time to go back to the beginning. It's time to consider that it all starts at a young age. We'll be right back after these messages. If you're confused, lost, lonely, or feel like you're living in a foreign land, you are not alone. This is Scott B. Black, host of Like It Matters Radio. It's this crisis that created Like It Matters Radio in 2015. God charged me to bring hope to the airwaves by bringing clarity to the confusion and to help guide people to function at a higher level. We bring truth therapy and we need your help. Like It Matters Radio is now available to radio stations across this country. We need Like It Matters Radio in all 50 states and here's what you can do to help. Please call the program manager of your local radio station. Ask them to add Like It Matters Radio to their schedule. It doesn't cost them anything and will add value to their station lineup. If you have questions, you can email me at mrblack at likeitmattersradio.com. Our nation needs to hear this message because our beloved country is rapidly deteriorating and freedom is continually being quenched. Call your local radio station today and ask them to add Like It Matters Radio. Together, we can help others live their lives like it matters. I could listen to any national big personality like Glenn Beck or Dave Ramsey, but the way Scott Black applies his academic approach to the average person is so much more relatable. Hey, this is Brett from Sacramento. On the Like It Matters radio show, Scott encompasses a 360-degree view of day-to-day life. So that obviously starts with spirituality and branches out into leadership, branches out into your workplace, social issues, family issues, local issues, national issues, political issues. If you're able to clearly see kind of where you're at, what your purpose is, everybody needs this. It is life-changing. You know Like It Matters Radio brings truth therapy. Here's what you can do to help share this truth. Please call the program manager of your local radio station and ask them to add Like It Matters Radio to their schedule. Like It Matters Radio is radio like it matters. 
Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters. Inspiration, education, and application. I am black. And today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about it starts at a young age. And you're probably asking, what starts at a young age? And let me rephrase the question, what doesn't start at a young age? See, this is why the battles in the mind, fifth generation warfare is all about the thought process. It's all about the narrative. And there is a battle going on between the stimulus and the response in your head. It's nationwide. It's called mass formation. It's called group think. It's called uh, group hypnosis, whatever you want to call it. Why? Because the fifth generation warfare is the manipulations of the human mind. If you can get people to think like you, you can control them. The thought process is always a control. And this is why Jesus said to guard your heart. Why do you think our, our manufacturer, our creator says to guard your heart? Because from your heart, all the issues of life stem. The Bible says from the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. And when the Bible is talking about your heart, it's talking about your primary focus. Your personalities, your n normal proclivities and passions and drives. And everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief system. By the time we're five years old, a majority of our apparatus is in place. And so we create frames and filters and life scripts, oh my, and BS and, uh, and tragedy and trauma and blocks to leadership. And, and before we know it, it's a jumble out there. It was Dr. Viktor Frankl who said, between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is our power, it is our freedom. This just in today's news, spike in teen depression aligns with the rise of social media, new polls suggest. Teens are twice as likely to agree with depressive statements compared to a decade ago. What are those three depressive statements? Boy, these hit me in the face. Because over the last 10, 12 years, I've been in a valley. I've been serving and playing big. And whenever I show up, if you ever know me, I give it heart, body, and soul. That's all I know. And when I'm not there, I really want to get out of here. And these three statements that show rate-based depression, you ready for what they are? And they're three self-statements. They're three I am statements. They're three self-attacks. I've met the enemy, and he's living in my shorts. And this is top thoughts. And whatever thought you focus on most, you actually water it like you're watering a tree. And the ones you focus on, you send energy to them. Just like when you give them water and sun, you send energy to them and they grow. Those thoughts that we think about the most, we send protons to, we send energy to. We water them and they grow and they grow and they grow and they grow and they become real. You ready what they are? I can't do anything. I do not enjoy life. My life is not useful. Boy, that's the biggest one. I can't do anything right. It's the victim. It's the someone that's never enough. That's a big one. But even beyond that, you can realize that what's without God, you know, uh, I can't do anything right. But with God, I can do all things right. So you can, you can justify that one. I do not enjoy life. Again, you can justify that one. I'm right here for this world. I'm of a different kingdom. Trust me, I know I did these things right. I, I, I justified these. But look at the third one. The third one is the crushing blow. The third one is what removes all hope. 
My life is not useful. Don't you hear it? I have no purpose. I have no reason, which means there is no God, because why would a God of purpose create me with no purpose? Don't you see the whole message is to be devoid of God, to move away from as someone mocked me on Facebook yesterday and said, you're Sky Daddy. A guy who didn't believe in God and wanted to mock me and say, hey, your Sky Daddy has no effect on me. Isn't that must wonderful? Isn't that amazing how we talk about Yahweh, the creator of the universe, mock him and call him Sky Daddy? Teens are twice as likely today to agree with those dis- depressive statements, not than 50 years ago, not 40 years ago, not 30 years ago, not 20 years ago, 10 years ago. In 2013, the, the teens that said they agree with these three statements, I can't do anything right, I do not enjoy life, my life is not useful, it has doubled in 10 years. This is according to an annual poll conducted by University of Michigan. And it really, it shows that the increase in depressive symptoms is tied to the rise of social media. In our generations, the real difference between Generation Z, Millennials, Generation Boomer, Silence, and what they mean for America's future. These are the future of America. Dr. Gene Twang, a psychologist professor at San Diego State University, the polls results as a means of leaking the spike in teen depression to increase in social media use. Since 1991, the University of Michigan has polled 50,000 students in 8th, 10th, and 12th grades about the level of agreement with those three questions. After 2012, the number of students expressing agreement with those statements started to climb rapidly. 2012, wasn't that uh, the election of Obama? Because, again, we had to use fear. This whole thing, the political process is driven by fear. Yesterday we did a show, the intentional use of fear. That is the definition of terrorist. We are now being terrorized daily, and it's messing up our heads between the stimulus and the response. Frequent and prolonged social media use is associated with elevated risk for psychological distress. Now, one of the doctors who looked at the study said, pointing out that Twang is demonstrating correlation rather than causation. So he's saying that it might be true, but necessarily one might not be the cause of the other. So he says, I think it's a fair conclusion that one might make from looking at this data. However, he said, I think it's important to acknowledge that this is not a scientifically rigorous peer evaluation. So all the others agree. And you know, today we're supposed to follow the political science, right? And he said, quote, He said, despite the potential benefits of social media for some groups, the prevalent theme is that frequent and prolonged social media use is associated with elevated risk for psychological distress, such as depression and anxiety. Unfortunately, this trend appears to be increasing severity. And by the way, in the middle of this are articles on Fox. Teen girls are struggling with mental illness at record levels, with many persistently sad. Look at now young girls in sports. Now they got to compete and you can't say anything or you're excommunicated from the church of the world. You're banned on social media. You've got to agree with everything. You've got to agree with everything or else you're an evil person. He said the real problem is that uh, the real problem is that it's undermining the protective factors that help to prevent depression. So what helps to pre- prevent depression? Fostering close relationships, spending outdoor uh, t- time outdoors, participating in physical activity. 
And social media keeps us from doing all of that. And by the way, he throws in as an afterthought, kids also need to have stability at home to boost their mental health. And there's no stability at home. And here's the problem with social media. It's a system that was designed to be addictive. But by the way, look at this, another article, and this was uh, May 13th. Conservative teenagers are generally happier than their liberal peers, study finds. Conservative teenagers are generally significant happier than their liberal peers, according to a study conducted by Columbia University. This is a liberal university, so it's not a conservative university. This is not a friendly art. This is from people who don't agree this. But they said they found in their study conservative teenagers are in general significantly happier than their liberal peers. Why? Because the whole liberal thing is about anger and hatred. I mean, how many—I don't get—this is not political. This is factual. This is psychological. How many times you see Biden up there pounding the thing, talking about the threat to America, the biggest threat to Joe Biden's America are white Christians. He's pounding the table with red lights behind him. MAGA, 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 Donald Trump's evil. Donald Trump's not above the law. But everybody else is above the law if you're not a Republican. Biden's above the law, Clinton's above the law, Sandy Berger's above the law. I mean, um, you know, the guy who hunted Biden, the guy who carried on a false lie that said, oh my gosh, I look, sit on the intelligence committee, and I got uh, verifiable proof that Donald Trump is a Russian spy. And he was finally censured, Schiff. He carried on a lie for five years, attacked a U.S. president, attempted to take down a U.S. president, soft coup. And no one seems to care. Why? Because you've been programmed to hate the man. And you know what you can do to evil? You can destroy them. You can—your means justifies the ends. If you knew Hitler as a four-year-old kid and you went back in time, you would justify killing a four-year-old Hitler, even though he did nothing. Why? Because you'd say he's evil, and you must destroy evil. You got to get this. The politics of depression, diverging trends and internalizing symptoms among U.S. adolescents by political beliefs was published in the journal Social Science and Medicine in December. And while it's finding what were striking, the reason behind the trend, notice they're saying, is unclear. Epidemiologist Catherine Gimborn and her co-authors compared depressive attitudes of 12th graders from 2005 to 2018 between those aligned with conservatism, which was de defined in the study as support of individual liberty, right-wing social and religious values, and unregulated free markets, and liberalism, which is defined as support of equal opportunity, free but semi-regulated markets, civil liberty, and social justice. The research concluded that conservatives reported lower average depressive effects self-derogation, and loneliness scores, and higher self-esteem scored than all other groups. And by the way, between 2011 and 2018, female liberals had a steep increase in depressive effect, which was similar to their male liberal counterparts between 2005 and 2011. But in 2013, they started to find fall behind girls. Between 2000. In 2018, conservative males and females didn't compare to the levels of their liberal counterpart. During that time, conservative males had a slightly higher depressive effect than their female conservatives, who eventually took the lead in 2016. In addition, when looking at all categories surveyed, researchers found that the more educated families were, the more likely their child was to be depressed. So education now, because they get you, they indoctrinate you, they teach you how to hate and be evil. Why does it matter? Because every belief we have dictates what we do or do not do. After the the break we're going to filters and frames and life scripts you don't want to miss this be right back
My show's about helping people become all they were created to be. Well, we all occupy a body, and we don't know how it works. We were born into it. But, man, that's a machine. And when you understand how that machine works, then you can work it more effectively. That's my outcome, to help people be able to make better decisions, have some hope, be inspired to be better today than they were yesterday, to live their life like it matters. Like It Matters Radio with Scott Black. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, and I got to tell you some great news. Great, a lot of ministries that we support, and I want you to know that we got some great news. Our dear friend of Like It Matters Radio, Danny McBath, has had his heart surgery. Yay! So he had his heart surgery uh, three days ago. He's got a new heart. Uh, he's like, what is it? The uh, is it lion had a new heart. Uh, it's three days. He's recovering. Uh, boy, his family's in need of support. You know, they got about twenty five hundred dollars a month in bills. Uh, our goal is to provide about seven hundred fifty dollars a month for that. He's living up in Chicago. He's not working. His family's going up support. Uh, really need a lot. So uh, he's doing well, though, for all you ask us. So thank you so much. We're able to give someone life, uh, and we're walking with them with God through this terrible time. So if you want to help out, you can go to likeitmatters.net slash donate dash here and click the icon that says medical bills. Uh, and we want to see this need and meet this need. $10, $20, $100, anything helps. we got so many great ministries, and we need your help. Why? Because it starts at young age. If you're a generous person, I'm going to tell you why. Because you saw generosity at a young age. Parents were generous. Someone was generous with you. You realize that that's the way, whatever it was. You know, the Bible is the instruction manual for man. Uh, it's an acronym. Some people call it basic instruction before leaving earth. But it's the owner's manual. If you go in your car, you got a decent car, a fairly new car. If you open up the glove compartment, you're probably going to find a manual in there. It's the owner's manual. It's going to tell you where you find all the hidden stuff, all the secrets of how things work that most people don't know. That's what I teach you on this radio show. That's what I teach you at likeitmatters.net. I teach you more about how you work, the psychology, the biology, the theology, the sociology, uh, put it all together. And then I, I, I teach you how you with transactional analysis and cognitive behavioral therapy and, and truth therapy and emotional intelligence and logotherapy and neuro-linguistic programming, emotional intelligence, science. Our instruction manual says this to us. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. See, it's like when you, when you people buy those houses, they fix them up and flip them. They talk about having good bones. 
You know, the house has good bones. Yeah, it's old, it's ripped up, it's got bad pipes, but it's got good bones. That's what this is. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart. Why? Because it's in him. Remember, it doesn't matter what happens to us. It matters what happens what's in us. That's what the Shema was all about. Deuteronomy 6, where it goes to the Shema. I think it's uh, 6 through 9. Right? And he, and he said, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Remember we talked about what is the heart? Our central focus. And he goes on to say, You shall teach them diligently to your children. But look, you got to help them remember. He said, teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. Why? We're supposed to help our children remember. Remember the two greatest commandments in the Bible are remember and to do fear. You got to remember what time we're living in. Isaiah 520 says this time, they say that what is right is wrong, what is wrong is right, that black is white and white is black, bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. See, if, if you don't know who you are, if you don't know why you're here, if you don't know your operating system, then you're going to be confused. And why does it matter? Because confusion is the number one weapon formed against us. When you're confused, you don't speak up. When you're confused, you don't step out. When you're confused, you don't act properly. When you're confused, you are hesitant. I'm so confused. You're not in the now moment. It's preoccupado. That's the Spanish word for worry, preoccupado. You cannot be in two separate places at the same time in any space of the mind. It cannot be day and night at the same time in your mind. You cannot be grateful and a victim at the same time in your mind. And you cannot be focused in the now moment and preoccupado. And worry is paying debt or interest on debt you might not owe. I've heard statisticians say that 85% of what you worry about never comes to fruition. And the same statistician said that 75% of all stats are made up. Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Ah, now I laugh. Now I get it. Psalm 34:11 says, Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Why? Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, because you get the right operating system. Whenever you set up a computer, you must first install the operating system. It happens at a young age. Anybody get it? Ever hear of William Tyndale, the man who translated the Bible into English? Nearly 500 years ago, William Tyndale, fondly called father of the English Bible, was strangled and burned at the stake after being tried and convicted of heresy and treason uh, for translating the Bible into English. His offense was he translated the Greek Bible into English. That you have a Bible in a language you can read is largely due to his labors. And many of the very phrases you read in it retain the flavor of his understanding of the Greek and the Hebrew. He was a graduate of Oxford and Cambridge. Tyndale had a powerful desire to make the Bible available even to common people in England in order to correct the biblical ignorance of the Catholic priests. At one point, Tyndale told a priest, if God spares my life or many years pass, I will cause a boy that driveth the plow shall know more of the scriptures than thou dost. Uh, than thou dost. Today, 90% of the King James Version of the Holy Bible and 75% of the Revised Standard Version are from the translations made by Tyndale, a man to whom you owe more than you'll ever know. A nice dream. But how is Tyndale 
to accomplish his task. When translating the Bible into English, you ready for this, was illegal. Yep. Just like it's illegal to talk about a fake vaccination. Just like it's illegal to be against LGBTQ t stuff. That's right. Actually, translating the Bible into English was illegal at that time. He went to London to ask Bishop Tunstall if he could be authorized to make an English translation of the Bible so that everybody could read it. But the bishop would not grant his approval. Why? He wanted the Catholic Church to hold all the power. However, Tyndale would not let the disapproval of men stop him from carrying out what seemed so obviously God's will. With encouragement and support of some British merchants, he declared to go, he decided to go to Europe to complete his translation and have it printed and smuggled back in England. Boy, in it today, all these American Christians, oh, no, you follow the world. You follow the world. Oh, no, you're supposed to do Romans 13, says you got to do exactly what uh, your government tells you to do. Oh, don't fight with love. Stop it. You're fighting against people. You're not a Christian. Yeah, you want to have the Bible today. If this Christian didn't go against the law of what his country said, there were people in this country when being a slave was legal, it was legal to have a slave. That white people put their life on the line to help black people, to help slaves, to hide them. It was against the law, but these were Christians doing the godly thing. And today we say, we got to follow Joe Biden, we got to follow this or that. Ladies and gentlemen, what's your operating system? What's your operating system? Tyndale himself managed to escape with the pages already printed made his way to the German city of Worms, where the New Testament was soon published. 6,000 copies were printed and smuggled in England. That's his first run. 6,000 copies. The bishops did everything they could to eradicate the Bibles. Bishop Tunstall had copies ceremoniously burned at St. Paul's. The Archbishop of Canterbury bought up copies to destroy them. You know what Tyndale did? Tyndale took the money that the Archbishop of Canterbury bought all his books, and he printed better, improved editions. Tyndale continued holding, uh, hiding among the merchants in Antwerp and began translating the Old Testament while the king's agents searched all over England and Europe for him. A copy of Tyndale's The Obedience of a Christian Man fell into the hands of Henry VIII, providing the king with the rationale to break the church in England from the Roman Catholic Church in 1534. In 1535, Tyndale was arrested and jailed in the castle of Philford, uh, Philford outside Brussels for over a year. Tin was finally found by an Englishman who protected his friend, but then turned him over. He lied to him. What was his heresy? For believing, among other things, in the forgiveness of sins, and that the mercy offered the gospel was enough for salvation. In August 1536, he was condemned and was executed, burned alive at the stake, publicly on October 6, 1536, in a small town in Belgium. As he burnt to death, he's burning to death, Tyndale said, Lord, open the king of England's eyes. He's a hero. Tyndale, he was treated poorly. He was strangled, burned to death, beaten. All he wanted to do was get the Bible out. Kidnapped a 16-year-old, sold into slavery in Ireland, Patrick 
prayed daily for his freedom. God answered his prayers and miraculously helped him escape Ireland. Later, God revealed to Patrick in a dream that he should return to Ireland and preach the gospel to people who had once held him captive. Patrick was a beautiful example of the message of Jesus. While Jesus entered the world to share the good news with people who would ultimately reject him, Patrick returned to the land of his captivity, knowing the risk, the danger, and the deeply held pagan beliefs of the people there. But he followed God's call nonetheless. He stepped in the darkness of this pagan nation to share the lie of the gospel with them. God's word spread throughout the entire nation and changed Ireland forever. By the way, this man, you might know him as St. Valentine. He was killed February 14th brutally. And then 200 years later, people started celebrating his life. Tyndale, right? St. Valentine, famous things. We have a holiday for one. And yet look at the injustice, the unfairness. But these people didn't count that. They didn't remember that. They remembered who they were. They remembered why they're here. See, in this country, in this world, adversity has always been the road to greatness. Why now are kids so depressed? Why now are kids so suicidal? Why? Because what we're teaching them, what they're holding on to, what they're remembering. Remember, between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is our power. It is our freedom. After the break, I'm going to show you how do you get back that power? How do you get that freedom to live your best life now? We'll be right back after these messages. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. Please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. When I attended the Leadership Awakening workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. It starts at a young age. If the contents of our minds were made public, people would be surprised at how much emotional trash and mental disorder we carry around. 
The devil's in the business of turning people into walking emotional garbage collectors. Aren't you tired of carrying the heavy burden of negative emotions? Aren't you tired of holding grudges? Aren't you tired of keeping that pound of flesh, that record wrong? Aren't you tired of harboring toxic anger and resentment? Aren't you tired of carrying around old pains and wounds? Aren't you tired of being tired? And you know what I'm talking about because the physical rest that you feel you need will not relieve you from the emotional fatigue and the spiritual fatigue that you're dealing with. You know, I do a lot of reading. I, one of the greatest books I read uh, lately is a book by Michael Heiser called The Unseen Realm. And in there, this is a Hebrew scholar. And he was trained up in American schools and universities, went to seminary. And he had a certain belief system. But one day he ran into a verse that pastors won't deal with, that don't want to talk to us. It's in Psalm 82. And his digging into that totally shattered his world. Let me read an excerpt from the book by Michael Heiser called The Unseen Realm. And it's called Filters. He says, filters are used to eliminate things in order to achieve a desired result. When we use them in cooking, the unwanted elements are dredged, strained, discarded. When we use them in email, they weed out what or whom we don't want to read. What's left is what we use, what contributes to our meal, our engine, or our sanity. He goes on to say, most of my education was conducted in this way, using filters. It was no sinister plot. It was just what it was. The content I learned was filtered through certain presumptions and traditions. Hold on to that. Was filtered through certain presumptions, presuppositions, and traditions, what people said and did, that ordered the material for me. That put it into a system, now here's quotes, that made sense to my modern mind, versus that didn't quite work with my tradition were problem passages that were either filtered out or consigned to the per periphery of unimportance. I understand that a lot of well-meaning Bible students, pastors, and professors don't look at how they approach the Bible that way. I know I didn't, but it's what happens. We view the Bible through the lens of what we know and what's familiar. He goes on to say, quote, Psalm 82 broke my filter. More importantly, it alerted me to the fact that I'd been using a filter. Our traditions, however honorable, are not intrinsic to the Bible. They are systems we invent to organize the Bible. They are artificial. They are filters. Once I've been awakened to this, it struck me as faithless to use a filter. But throwing away my filters cost me the systems with which I'd ordered scripture and doctrine in my mind. I was less, left with lots of fragments. It didn't feel like it at the time, but that was the best thing that could ever happen. And I'm telling you right now, we need to shake it up, break it up. Shake it up and break it up. Because we got life scripts and filters and frames and BS, oh my. We have filters. We have life scripts. It's part of transactional analysis. The theory of life script was developed by Eric Byrne. The notion suggests that our stories are very much written unconsciously. Hence why this may seem a little odd to read at first. Think of from zero to seven years old, from birth to seven years old, all the rules are allocated, including our own as the leading person. And by the age of seven, all the main parts of the story are plotted. They're then to be tweaked and buffed through 
the age of 12 years old. We rely heavily on fantasy-based beliefs through our younger years. Therefore, it is through adolescence that our scripts are continually updated with more tangible characters. Now, Dr. Alfred Adler says the majority of a child's map of reality is in place by the time we're five years old. See, we've got to make sense of things. We're little meaning makers. That's what logotherapy says, that man has a will to meaning. Dr. Viktor Frankl spent time in Auschwitz and lost his wife, lost his mom and dad, saw tens of thousands of people slaughtered by the Jews, I mean by the Nazis, all because they were Jewish. And he said that man has a will to meaning, and he said that the Nazis could take away our food, they could take away our clothing, they could take away our life, they could take away our family, but they could not take our will. That had to be freely given. And we got the greatest generation, the one who went through the, the, the Great Depression. And these people learned how to overcome. They learned how to live on little. They learned how to se secure things and store up things and to take care of themselves and still take care of their country. It was through that adversity that they grew. And then the World War II generation was called the greatest generation that ever lived. They sacrificed everything. They went to war. They left their families. They, they wanted to free the world from the oppression of Nazism, of the, the Japan and their kamikaze fighters. It's just stunning what we've changed to. We've become now we're just a country of victims, and we feel sorry for ourselves. Why do you think so many young people are struggling? They're being told these are Biden voters that you can't have sex because then you might have a, get pregnant, and the Republicans want, want, want to take away your right to kill that baby. You can't have this. You know, we're all racist. America's nothing but a racist country. Black people are victims and white people are evil. How many of these young white people are growing up believing that they're evil and that they're evil because they were born white? Their whole identity from birth has nothing to do with them. They have no choice in it. Don't you see what we're doing? These are deep-seated structure beliefs. Two questions to consider when you think about your own script. And this is the question, this is from the UK Associates in Transactional Analysis. This is not me. This is from the UK Associates in TA. Two questions to consider when thinking about your own script. Ready for these two questions? What title would you give to your life story, your script? Also, what type of story is it? Is it happy, tragic, or magical? Now let me go back to the article I shared with you. The study. Teens are twice as likely to agree with depressive statements compared to a decade ago. What were those three depressive statements? I can't do anything right. If you're white, you're screwed. You're told with DEI, there are people in colleges and schools, we, uh, black teachers stand up a white kid and ask them if they feel like a minority and humiliate them, ridicule them, telling all white boys to stand up. The head of the CEO of that, uh, that submarine that's missing, who's on it, said, I'm going to tell you why I don't want us to be like other companies and why we're not hiring 50-year-old white guys. It's okay to be racist because white people are evil and black people are good. No matter what, all black people are good and they're victims. And all, do you see what I'm saying? This is a belief system. Your identity is a second highest level of, uh, of belief. The only thing above your identity in the belief scale is spirit, your bigger connection to the universe. There's six levels, Dr. Uh, Robert Dills told us. Top level spirit, right below that's identity, right below that's belief system and values, right below that's capabilities, right below that is behavior, and right below that is environment. 
and we are a community of 300 trillion cells, all driven by our environment. The sheriff team to agree with these three phrases, I can't do anything right, I do not enjoy life, my life is not useful, has doubled over the last 10 years. And the theory of life scripts was developed in the mid-60s and has been built upon to the extent this day. In transactional analysis, this forms one of the fundamental concepts. You gotta understand, and then we have frames. A frame that we have framed, these are the narratives, a belief system, the way in which the thing is put together and established order to shape, to form. And these are created when we're five and six years old. They're the structure of our belief system. See, frames give meanings to word. We don't respond to reality. We respond to our map of reality. Our frames changes our internal representation. The meaning of any experience in life depends upon the frame we put around it. Nothing in the world has any meaning except the frame we put around it. How we feel about something, what we do in the world are dependent upon our perception of it, the frame we put around it. If we perceive something as a liability, that's the message delivered to our brain, conscious and non-conscious. Then the brain produces states, chemicals, that makes it the reality. If we change our point of view by looking at the situation as an opportunity, we can change the way we respond to situations in life. And this is what's going on in the world. We are putting so much negative stuff. Why are conservative teenagers much happier than liberal? Why is a suicide rate for children going through the roof? Why are so many LGBTQT 20 times more likely to commit suicide? We're changing their bodies before they're even developed. We're putting all this evil stuff in their mind. And then we're telling them there is no God. Because if there was a God, he sure wouldn't screw up your gender. And undoubtedly, there can't be a God because you're supposed to be a boy and you're a girl. You're supposed to be a girl and you're a boy. This is what's going on. It might make you feel better when you look in the mirror, but we're destroying our kids. Remember, between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is our power and our freedom. We've got to reframe it. We've got to change the filters. We've got to learn how we work. Go to likeitmatters.net. Let me help you change the frame in your mind, because when you change your thinking, you will change your life. I am Mr. Black reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, master trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.